Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we're replaced by 8-bit four-color versions of ourselves. We're talking about D-makes. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. How's it going, Mark? It's going great. Yeah. What do you think the first Beach Boy song you ever heard was, and do you think it was Kokomo? Uh, entirely possible. So let's see. I was born in 1982. So was Kokomo like 87 or something like that? It was, it was a late Beach Boys song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. I, I would be willing to guess that I heard that I heard a Beach Boy song before I could like register that I was hearing it. So it was probably like "Help Me, Rhonda" or like uh, "Get Around" or something like that. What do what do you, what do you think it was for you? I you think uh, it was Kokomo? I so Kokomo is the I think the one I can remember mm-hmm. as being the first one, but pr- I probably had heard other ones before that. Do you think that you heard the Beach Boys singing Kokomo or the Muppets singing Kokomo first? Oh man. I don't even know if today I could tell the difference. <laughs> I think you could tell the difference. One of them sounds like Kermit. Uh-huh. Bodies in the sand. <laughs> it was the Beach Boy version. <laughs> that's exactly you jogged what, my memory. That's exactly what it sounds like. Um, when did you first hear of a Beach Boy song? You could email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. No, look, what we really need you to do is help us out with uh, this, look, this Pokemon thing. There's a lot of these Pokemons, and we don't know them all. We're trying to figure out who is the best starter Pokemon. And right now, Mark and I can't tell our Piplups from our Fennekins, right? We need your help. Please I'm help so direct us. I'm so impressed right now. What, that I pulled out too? Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Anytime someone names a Pokemon that's not Pikachu, I'm excited. Yeah, well, because it's hard. Look, we're big dummies, and we need your help. There are like 900 of these things, but we're really only going to be dealing with about 30. That's still too many. Um, so if you can help us decide which is the best starter, please email any information about that to Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. If you've got a takedown of a Pokemon, you're like, I don't want to see that little grassy owl in this list at all, then you got to tell us why he's a big dumb owl. You know, and if you wanted, speaking of owls, if you wanted to kill two birds with one stone, interesting, you could also leave your pick or non-pick for favorite Pokemon starter in a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Hey, perfect. That's another thing that we should be asking you for. And normally we're pretty good about it, but we blew right past it this episode. (laughs) Oh yeah, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us tremendously. People find the show. Uh, We look like a real show when we have a bunch of reviews. So we appreciate it and it makes makes us feel super good. Mark, uh, enough screwing around. Is it time to get to the task at hand? Always. Always enough screwing around. Here we go. And the task at hand is D-makes. Mark, I think we're talking about this right now for a couple of reasons, right? Uh, One is that uh, this week today, in fact, the Bloodstained uh, 8-bit, the 8-bit Bloodstained game is coming out. 
um, which is sort of a demake or sort of classic take on um, a game that is also sort of a classic take on games. Um, but also, um, a couple weeks ago, you sent me a link to a video of a Breath of the Wild demake. Yeah, somebody had remade the opening, like the complete like opening cinematic and moments of like getting your first armor and then walking out onto the plateau for the first time. Right, of Breath of the Wild. And they had remade it in the Game Boy Color, I think. Yeah, which, I mean, is so cool. And like, that's that's just the sort of thing that like pulls at my like, oh man, it would be cool to experience these uh, new games again in a way that is a little bit more, uh, you know, basic or that deals with like the technology and aesthetics of like retro gaming. Yeah, I mean, we've talked, we had an ap- episode uh, a few weeks ago about our love of, you know, like uh, modern retro games and yeah. just obviously retro gaming in general. And there definitely is something about like, uh, ooh, taking a modern game and remaking it in a, like eight six or 16 bit style or you know that like really is gets the pleasure centers of my brain going yeah absolutely and you know a, a couple of years ago this is probably almost a decade ago at this point um someone remade or someone did a demake of super smash brothers uh as imagined for game boy called super smash land where the only playable characters are mario as he appears in super mario land um samus as she appears in um uh samus returns or the the return of Samus is is actually the name of that game. Uh, Link as he appears in Link's Awakening and Kirby as he appears in every Kirby game. Um, and then it's just a Smash Brothers game, which like surprisingly Smash works pretty well with just two buttons of of a Game Boy, right? Um, but like we, I I love this idea. I love the idea of um taking like the quintessential like nature, the thing that is fun about a game, and stripping away basically all of its technology and leaving you with something that's way different. So uh, we're going to do like a little bit of a thought exercise, a little bit of a hypothetical. Uh, we're going to take some of our favorite Nintendo franchises. I assume only Nintendo. I yeah, minor, talk- minor all first party. Minor all first party as well. Um, and just reimagining them as uh, either Super Nintendo games, Nintendo games, or Game Boy games. Mine are all Game Boy games. Yours are all Game Boy games. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay, so uh, I came up with a list of five of these things. Mark's got three, uh, so I'll go first. Um, my first idea is a Star Fox game on Game Boy um, that you would take the normal sort of Star Fox uh, formula of um, you know like planets and branching paths and stuff like that, and stick with that. Um, but instead of the sort of, you know, on rails, you know, whatever Star Fox gameplay, you just turn it into either a side scrolling or like a over the top view shoot 'em up. Um, so, you know, it, that it, it plays like Gradius or whatever. Um, and maybe even levels have uh, components where it like goes from one to the other, um, some side scrolly, some over, overhead stuff. Um, and then like in between levels, uh, you could go to like supply depots and like buy stuff. Um, in a very just like menu based, uh, you know, buy upgrades or like hire Slippy to be with you on this next <clears throat> on this next one, and like go back and do like kind of score attack stuff. Make it like take the arcadiness of Star Fox of like a, any good Star Fox game, and just be like, yeah, insert arcade style gameplay into it. Um, 
And I think that would be killer. I think Star Fox is uh, disserved by not being out in uh, more primitive hardware. Yeah, uh, that sounds super fun. That actually sounds like a Star Fox game that I would enjoy. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why, but I have a weird persistent fantasy in my head of a Star Fox game, like a, a new Star Fox game that would be um, about, it would take place in an arcade and the whole arcade would be filled with machines that are a like that are retelling the story of like the lilac wars or whatever and they would you know there would be some like over over the head you know just like what i'm describing here like shoot 'em up style games another one that's like i, I don't know just uh, something t- take the idea of i just think about how many like world war ii games there are and about how like how weird it is that we extrapolated this huge war that like tore up the earth and we're like uh, i don't we know mythologized you, it. we mythologized it yeah and it would be cool to see that sort of mythology play out in a fictional arcade so this is this is how i'm expressing this yeah i mean well what i really like about this idea and it's kind of the reason i'm on board with the idea of retro remaking star fox in its own style is there's a for me there's a lot to like about the star fox franchise and the gameplay is not one of those things but i think like the character design i like i like the world i love the idea of it but i've never really loved playing the actual game yeah and so taking those elements that appeal to me and putting them into um, a style of gameplay that still I... isn't really for you, I guess, right? Well, like, I mean, like, okay, so it depends. Like, you talked about doing like a um, like a shmup type game, but I yeah. don't even know necessarily has to be or like a Gradius style game. But you know, Kirby, uh, um, what was like the SNES one, Kirby All Stars? Yeah, uh, that game in one of the story modes has like side scrolling. Shoot 'em ups, you know, like yeah, uh, it, it could it could be a shoot 'em up that's less of a bullet hell kind of game and more of just like an experience or where right. you're trying to like rack up combos or whatever. Yeah, so so that you're spending less time like dodging between uh, mazes of bullets, um, and more time just like having fun with it. Yeah, uh, interesting. There was a game that is technologically very similar to Star Fox on the SNES. That did run on the Game Boy. Yes. It was only released in Japan. I think it was called X or Cross, but it was developed by, by Dylan Cuthbert. Is that the right name or am I making that up? I don't know. That's a uh, that's an old um, Factor 5 game, right? No, this is a game that was developed, or I could be getting my history wrong. <laughs> we but might pre- both be wrong. <laughs> we might both be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this was a game that was developed by whatever company ended up helping nintendo with um star fox and with like the fx chip yeah the super fx chip Uh uh-huh um and it was a game boy game that was only released in japan but that has that same sort of like oh my gosh you could do 3d you can fly through 3d space yeah except they were doing it on the game boy like it's super impressive designer dylan cuthbert you're okay yeah correct on that one uh so yeah uh so but i wouldn't want that no, I, me either. I yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want like a, a more simple, um, and you know, make like the the levels like smaller and more like courses that you can you know master and play again and again and again, and be like, oh, I wonder if I you know if it's easier for me to get through this one or get more points if I've got Peppy you know with me on this one or whatever. It just it's it seems like there's a unlimited potential for uh, just like repackaging simple arcade experiences in the Star Fox universe. Yeah, there's a lot that appeals to me about a simpler Star Fox. Yeah. Um, okay, so my first one is maybe a little bit of a cheat. It's Paper Mario. 
on Game Boy. Uh-huh. I feel like uh the Paper Mario series is like the would be a perfect fit for the Game Boy or Game Boy Color. Now, would you keep the like active uh like battles where like you push and make a it totally turn based? Totally turn based. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Um is it uh most of the Game Boy RPGs I'm just realizing now that I remember playing have that sort of like first person perspective in in the battles. Do you keep that or no? I no. think you. I okay. think like uh, in my head, it's basically taking Paper Mario and yeah. just like derezzing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the world is smaller. Um, maybe Mario looks like the more like the Super Mario Land. Oh, that would be great, <laughs> Paper Mario Land. Super Paper or just just Paper Mario Land would be so good. Uh, I sort of want to see it on the Game Boy Color. Oh sure, yeah. Give me those okay, options. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want be I, vibrant. Yeah, those like vibrant those like colors. neon Game Boy Color colors. Uh, would you embrace the sort of you know a, a lot of the Paper Mario games either have um like especially as they've gotten older have like characters from the modern Mario canon. Would you be reaching into like the Mario Land? mythology like is the princess daisy and the bad guy the weird like alien oh yeah i love that (laughs) that would be awesome if it's like almost like this weird um offshoot continuation of like super mario land in a way that we never really got yeah what if super mario land caught on and then they made a paper mario game based on that universe yeah i love that (laughs) i think that's super cool um does uh does what 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 do we what do we lose from um having to i mean i i think for, for me the color is important on that just cuz like the simple bright nature of um the paper mario games is like an important part of that aesthetic i think you lose i think inevitably just like for space limitations especially mm-hmm. on like the game boy or i guess the game boy color uh and it's like it's screen's resolution is you would have to you would have to lose a lot of the dialogue and a lot of the wittiness yeah um because it it would be too much well i don't know there's a lot of think about like Link's awakening there is so much like quirky dialogue in that that's true it does have a lot of personality Mm -hmm. i that's what you need you need the Link's awakening team all of these games by the way (laughs) if any of these games are game boy games we would want the Link's awakening Uh, yeah for sure (laughs) them and the donkey kong 94 team working in conjunction yeah, I guess you're right. Like there are there are examples of um really succinct mm-hmm. but clever writing in the Game Boy version or in Game Boy games. Yeah. Um I feel like there are also examples of uh it not working. Yeah, a- absolutely. And you know, I we talked uh several months ago now about the original Final Fantasy Legend on which is uh on on game boy which is sort of a precursor to the saga series um that had a lot of overblown writing and like pretentious garbage in it um so you know we just have to (laughs) hit a nice little medium here um that sounds like a great game i can't wait to never play that um my second choice here this is a super nintendo game so i hope it's not cheating um but i would like to take Pokin tournament and turn it into a super nintendo style fighting game Oh, okay. Uh, so get rid of all of the 3D-ness of uh, the like Tekken games and just make it basically a Street Fighter 2 clone 
um, but with Pokemon characters. And would it would it be in like the style of uh like the cute Gen One? Oh, designs? absolutely. I'm saying only Gen One characters and only like little cute Pokemon. Uh, I have I have a lineup, if you will oh, in, indulge me. Uh, so I, I think the first version of the game that goes out, I'm going to follow the Street Fighter 2 model here exactly, is just eight playable characters and four boss characters. The four playable characters are Pikachu, Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, the starters, uh-huh. Geodude, Mankey, Abra, and Ghastly. Okay? <laughs> okay. Those are the starters. And the bosses are Snorlax, Mew, Ditto and Eve. That's Eevee, great. Evie. Um, so Evie. <laughs> Evie. Why is that? We call it Evie, right? Uh, yeah, I yeah. think so. Um, and then you know there will be a championship uh, edition version that those uh, will be playable, and then in a super uh, Pokemon tournament too, um, there would be, uh, they would introduce Pidgey, Rotata, or yes, Rotata, uh, Caterpie, and Psyduck. And of course, you know, uh, in 20 or 30 years when the Switch version is released, there would be Dark Pikachu. Of course. <laughs> of course. That would be the one thing that you add to the game is a dark <laughs> version of the Pikachu. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, I like the idea of um, Pokemon Tournament, uh, but it is just too, it is just not fighting gamey enough for me. Um, I want a simplified version of that. We're not like moving between like two different planes of combat. Um, I, and I just want Street Fighter with, uh, with, uh, Pokemon characters. I, I think it'd be fun to see, cause you know, Street Fighter 2 has the very like vibrantly, um, drawn and animated backgrounds yeah. for each character. And it would be fun to see what, what the backgrounds would be for like a game like that. Yeah. Where yeah. you're like, especially cause you're pulling all from gen one. And so you wouldn't be able to do like different regions. Right. You'd have to do different like areas, different like towns or different right. gyms, like Ooh, within the tall grass. Kanto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're all just the tall grass. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, oh, what do you got? Okay. All right. My second one is I guess mine are all kind of in the Mario universe, but Luigi's Mansion. Oh, great. On the Game Boy. Okay. Tell me how this works. So I think it's more of. Um, are you familiar with like Ghostbusters on the Game Boy at all, or maybe it was Ghostbusters Two? No. But basically, it's is it, like, uh, is it like side scrolling or it, it's it, it's not really side scrolling. It's more. I'm trying to think of like uh, a would you call it like an action game? Basically, you're in like a space and you're uh, it's like almost like an isometric view. Okay, and then you're walking around like within that space. Um. But you're, it's not like a Donkey Kong type or Mario type side-scrolling platformer. Okay, so it's so, more like an action game. Yeah. Okay. Where you're walking in, oh, you know, like a like a um like a Double Dragon. Uh, Is that what you're describing? More or? open than that, because it's okay. not just side-scrolling. Okay. It's uh maybe it, think of it more like a almost like a Link to the Past type dungeon. Okay. You know where it's like over the uh overhead. Yeah. You can move around. There's lots of different rooms. Um, that are all interconnected, uh, and there's yeah. So like, imagine something like that. Mm-hmm. But of course, because it's a Game Boy game, and because puzzle games were so big on the Game Boy, when you go to like capture a ghost instead of like pressing a button or anything, yeah, what it comes down to is it's like, uh, here's like a Tetris type game for like forty five seconds. Oh, I love that it. That you have to you know like meet certain requirements, maybe. 
uh, get like a certain number of lines in removed in like 45 seconds and then right to like clear out his vacuum cleaner yeah and exactly like and then there's the more ghost. room for like another ghost or something like that uh that sounds great um i love first of all luigi's mansion should be we should just have more luigi's mansion i understand we only have two no here's a debug from uh last week when i said there are only two games in the uh luigi's mansion series there is of course an arcade game that i was leaving out so there are three games in the series would love to see a fourth um but I, I, I like that uh, it's like the sort of midway point between like, it feels so weird to have a, like a horror game on Game Boy, but like Luigi's Mansion kind of like toes the line of like, it can be sort of spooky, but mostly you're just having fun. Right. And I feel like that's what it would be like if you put anything spooky on a Game Boy, like eh, I'm mostly just having fun. And I don't really know that you lose a whole lot by putting like Luigi's Mansion in, on the Game Boy. Um, you don't get to hear him sing. You, you could still do that. Can you? <laughs> In like a little like weird ape-ed voice. <laughs> All right. You're right. You're right. We just wouldn't be able to hear the terror in his voice. Yeah, that's right. A little bit of that would be lost. <laughs> um, so my next one is related to this, I think, or at least very similar. I would love to see Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker on the Game Boy and do it just like an Adventures of Lolo game. Or remember we talked about Quirk the Chilled Tomato. Um, on a previous episode where you're just, you know, again, overhead view and you're just in rooms pushing blocks around so you can find, so you can get access to stars <laughs> and then you're on to the next level. Uh, are there toads in Super Mario Land? Are we like thinking that we're going to try to bring like the art style over or is this? Jeez, um, I don't think there are toads in any of the, like I'm trying to think about it. If there are toads in any of the mario games on game boy i don't think there are um i mean i wonder if you could take the the captain toad concept and make it like wario related well i like the idea of doing because if we are thinking of it as like a d make yeah so i I love the idea of tr somebody trying to capture captain toad yeah in like an 8-bit art style yeah and I mean the the Captain Toad music that would be perfect in just a a dumb little eight bit right right and like the 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 only game that exists at the moment Captain Toad Treasure Tracker um is so much just about like understanding all of the space and like how to move around it um and I think that would you know make perfect sense translated into just a two D overhead view sort of game. And, you know, maybe wouldn't be the deepest experience, but I remember having a ton of fun with both uh, the Adventures of Lolo and uh, the Quirk uh, tomato game. So, yeah, why not make that Toad? Okay, so my final one is Super Mario 3D World. Oh, my gosh. What are we doing? <laughs> On the Game Boy. Okay. Pull out the link cables. Explained. Pull uh, yes. out the splitter. Yes. You're getting four Game Boy boys you're linking them together uh -huh. and you are running through these i guess maybe it would be more like uh it would almost be like new super mario right yes or like new super mario meets super mario brothers 2 new, yes new super mario brothers meets super mario brothers 2 with the cat suits from yes. super mario 3d yes. world yes i can the can the game boy do that if you do like link cable both of you running around one level together uh, i really doubt it <laughs> it would be surprising if, <laughs> if it could um yeah i mean i i love uh any 
uh, like Mario multiplayer simultaneous thing. Um, and you can put Mario in a, in a cat suit all, uh, all, all you want. I, I just more of that, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. That's uh, what, what do we lose in taking away the, like the 3dness of it? Anything? I mean, kind of, it just become like you said, it's really more of a, uh, like new super Mario game. Right. But still with the characters with different abilities. I think that's cool. Um, all right. My next pitch. Uh, this could also be on Game Boy, I suppose. Uh, Pikmin on NES. Uh, I'm essentially imagining just a Lemmings game, but with, <laughs> big, but with Pikmin instead of Lemmings. Um, and then you could have, you know, uh, all of the same, like, atmospheric hazards or, like, big monsters that they have to either defeat or that you just have to, like, navigate them past. Um, so, you know, just, like, assigning them roles as they go. Uh, and hoping to not kill them all on their like march to the exit or like a strawberry or something. Yeah, from a I guess like aesthetic um point, the like Pikmin makes a lot of sense because they're like fairly simple. Yeah, and vi- bright, vibrant colors. Yeah, so that, I guess that's it, what you use yeah. to like distinguish. Mm-hmm. So um, if they're on Game the Boy, it would have to be Game Boy Color, right? So that you could you could determine. But you which... said NES, right? Did I did. Say... I said NES, okay, but yeah. I also sort of backpedaled and was like, "This could be on Game Boy too." I'm wrong. It can't. <laughs> it's an NES game. Um, I feel like it's been there probably are, uh, but it, it's been a while since there's been a like Lemming style game. Um, and I remember really liking that when I was a kid. So you know, throw a Nintendo franchise behind it and maybe i would be interested in picking it up again yeah maybe that's what hey pikmin should have been maybe Ooh. that is exactly what yo what up pikmin should have been um and then i have i have my final my final pitch here Mark, uh-huh. which i think may be the best idea that i've had splatoon paint on the super nintendo i'm listening i'm just jamming together uh-huh mario paint uh-huh and Splatoon. Now, I love the idea of some um, 16-bit Splatoon, like, squid rock. Yes. So, this is part of it, that you would take all of the musical instrument options, replace them with Splatoon music options, which means you've got some, like, crazy electronica music, you've got some, like, heavy guitars and, like, crazy drums, so you can make all of that music as much as you want, and it's super fun. Uh also, all of the like preloaded sprites would be like Splatoony sprites. Get that Mario out of there. <laughs> who, who cares? Get Mario out. He's gone. Um, and then you know, just give you more like uh sort of graffiti paintbrush options, so that you know, like the spray paint can feels like a real spray paint can. Um, and just like let everything be a little bit drippier, you know, so that like everything you draw ends up being a little bit more in that graffiti sort of street art style. Um, but then, do you remember, do you have much experience with Mario Paint? Not uh, not a ton. We bought it. Yeah. Uh, but we bought it just as like a loose cartridge, so we didn't have the mouse. You didn't have anything. the mouse? No, we didn't have the mouse. So what did you do? And not play it very much. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I'm imagining all of this with the mouse, of course. Um, in Mario Paint, there it was a mode called Coffee Break. Uh, which is where you swat bugs with uh, a fly swatter, right? Like these little flies. Why is it called coffee break? Because you're taking a break from your, um, from like making whatever you're making. Uh, so you can have a coffee break and you're just swatting bugs while you're having coffee. I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is how I justified it in my head as a kid. Um, 
but so the coffee break is replaced by a you know turf war essentially um where your opponent is octolings instead of bugs and when they come on the screen they're like leaving a little trail of their ink color behind them and every time you would swat at them or like click on them you make a little like mark of your color of ink and when you splat them you know it's just like in splatoon and all you're trying to do is uh keep the screen from filling up with the wrong color ink that sounds super cool uh and that that would be it that's that's my idea for splatoon paint um it's basically just using all of the mechanics of mario paint and slapping a fresh uh, ip on it yep uh, a coat of ink on it but I think all these are super fun ideas and would be stuff that I would at least mess around with for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. An afternoon. If only had the technical know-how to do to where even begin. Yeah, so if anyone wants to steal these ideas, you're also stealing them from Nintendo. So go for it. <laughs> Good luck. We're not the ones that are going to like shut you down. No, absolutely not. We will cheer you on from the sidelines until Nintendo says, hey, don't do that. At which point we will clam right up and then you're on your own. Um, but I would love to hear other people's uh, ideas for, you know, what they think a real, like, good Nintendo demake would be. Did you have, uh, like, uh, any... Was this tough for you, or was it, like, easy to come up with? I feel like most of the newer Nintendo franchises or things that I'm excited about in Nintendo now have their roots in old games. Um, so, you know, having to go to something like Splatoon that's only a couple of years old at this point, um, that's cool and exciting, but you know, when we're talking about like Mario or Pokemon, like they have a legacy that stretches back to these old consoles. Yeah, I mean, part of like what makes the Breath of the Wild one so interesting is yes. because you are or you know, I'm like familiar with it and that game is so like grand and ambitious. Yeah. And so it's fun to see what that looks like with like the constraints of the past on it. Mm-hmm. But Breath of the Wild has so much Zelda history built into it yeah. that when you see it on like the Game Boy Color screen, it doesn't feel wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, I I totally get that. Um, yeah, like I w- I wonder if uh it would be cool to just see like Super Mario Odyssey remade as Super Mario Three or something. You know what I mean? Where like you just take those same assets and you're like, yeah, this uh this world is the Metro Kingdom and there are just levels in it. Um, like that kind of thing, even a, a pitch like that, that's just, uh, kind of taking the superficial elements of the new game and putting it in the old game. I don't know. That sounds very appealing to me. Yeah. I mean, we are so in the bag for Nintendo and <laughs> yes. retro games that any mashup of those two are like, uh, yeah. has be drooling like a dog. That's right. So we are slobbering fanboys, I think is what we've <laughs> arrived at here. We would love to hear what slobbery mess you would come up with if you could make or demake a Nintendo game. So please email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Maybe uh, a, a uh, someone to demake Other M, Metroid Other M. Oh, yeah. What does that look like? Oh, do you think it's improved by a lack of voice acting? By the yes. lack of voice acting. <laughs> yes, Mark, <laughs> I do. All right. Uh, this is great. I would love to hear uh, everyone else's um, what, what you would do. So email those to us and let's close out this conversation. <laughs> 
that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe. All that good stuff on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out tremendously. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. The show is at Nincart Society. We are on Facebook. The page there is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, if you like our opinions, Mark and I write about comic books on RecconPunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can check out more of Ape at Betty's music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thanks for listening.